you can't actually show up in a positive way with people because you're too concerned about what they think about you. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 of Think and Grow Rich. This chapter is on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. So we have covered uh, the fear of poverty already, and now we are entering into the fear of ill health. And we are going to go through the list of symptoms of the fear of ill health. Again, these are symptoms rather than causes. So the cause is the fear and the symptom is what we're looking at. And if you recognize yourself in any of these symptoms, then you can trace that back to, oh, I have a fear of ill health. Now, this is a very common fear, just like the fear of poverty is a very common fear. It doesn't make you wrong to have this fear, but it does give you information. Oh, I am reacting to the world. I'm reacting to circumstances. I am driven by this fear. What if I wasn't? Or what if I could choose my reactions instead of having it be on autopilot? Would I show up differently in my life? Would I be able to make better decisions for myself? Would I be able to do the things in my life and in my business that I haven't been able to do yet because I am driven by this fear? So symptoms of the fear of ill health. The first one on the list is auto-suggestion. The habit of negative use of self-suggestion by looking for and expecting to find the symptoms of all kinds of disease. Quote, enjoying imaginary illness and speaking of it as being real. The habit of trying all, quote, fads and isms recommended by others as having therapeutic value. Talking to others of operations, accidents, and other forms of illness. Experimenting with diets physical exercise, reducing systems without professional guidance, trying home remedies, patent medicines, and quote, quack remedies. Okay, let's take a pause here. So does this mean, does what Napoleon Hill writes here mean that you should never exercise, that you should not go and uh, seek out advice on how to remedy a physical ailment that you might be having. No, that's not what he's saying here. Not at all. But it is worth a moment of discernment. Do I have a habit of talking about all my ills, if you will, physical discomfort? Do I make that the conversation around which I connect with others. If you do, just make a note of that. 
Does that mean you never get to talk about having the flu or feeling sick again? No, of course not. But if you're constantly, and maybe it's not every single conversation, but 80% of the conversations, complaining about a headache, uh, talking about how you don't feel well, something's off, then you have to recognize this is a symptom of the fear of ill health. You have that fear. And how is that driving you? How is that taking up your energy? Now, again, let's look at some of the other things that he says here. What about home remedies and uh, different things that are fads that come and go in the, the, our current world around health? Well, you need to, again, use discernment here. If you are not getting the help you need through traditional um, medical channels and you want to explore other channels and you're doing it with a consciousness because there is a true issue at play, good for you. But if you're just, I think what he's saying here is if you're just jumping on every bandwagon because that's the next best thing, then you're letting that fear drive you. Okay, so for today, take a look at whether you have the symptoms of ill health, particularly this one of auto-suggestion, meaning you're suggesting it to yourself by doing all these things that he enumerated. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindsight Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are in the list of symptoms of the fear of ill health. And the next one up is hypochondria, the habit of talking of illness, concentrating the mind upon disease and expecting, that's a key word, expecting its appearance until a nervous break occurs. Nothing that comes in bottles can cure this condition. It is brought on by negative thinking and nothing but positive thought can affect a cure. Now, why does he say that? Well, because it was brought on by thought alone. So you can change the result by changing the thought. Very straightforward there. Hypochondria, a medical term for imaginary disease, is said to do as much damage on occasion as the disease one fears might do. Most so-called cases of, quote, nerves come from imaginary illness. So it's important here to recognize that the fear of being sick, thinking that you are sick, can create that damage in your experience, in your body. And we know this on the positive flip side, which is the placebo effect giving people sugar pills, telling them that, you know, we uh, did surgery on your knee when in fact there was no medication given. It was just a sugar pill and they just put someone under, made an incision, closed it back up and off they went. The person believes that something positive has occurred, something that is going to fix them has occurred and their mind is set on that new outcome and that is what their subconscious mind programs their body to respond to 
and people have gotten better both with the sugar pill and with the surgery when in fact nothing new was given to them no no uh change in the way the the knee was working was was done in that surgery this is the power of your subconscious mind and it's, it's extraordinary so you've got to ask yourself are you letting it work for you or against you are you looking for things that are wrong in your physical health that are off in your physical health and building a story around that and how could you let that go what would you need to do to release that Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up on this list of the symptoms of the fear of ill health is an interesting one, at least to me. It is exercise. Hill says exercise, fear of ill health often interferes with proper physical exercise and results in overweight by causing one to avoid outdoor life. I find that interesting. So here he's saying that if you are afraid of getting sick or hurt because you're outside in the world, whether that's walking the streets of New York and getting the germs or being on the subway and getting the germs. And of course, right now we do have some serious uh, virus going around. That said, is there, is it limiting your exercise? Is it limiting your ability to be outside and get fresh air? Um, maybe it's a fear that you're going to get stung by bees or bitten by rattlesnakes or eaten by uh, a cougar if you hike in the mountains, right? There might be another sort of fear that's driving you to to not want to be outside so it's worth it it's worth looking at that and seeing if you resist going outside for physical exercise maybe it's just it's raining i don't want to get a, a cold and you avoid you know putting on a rain jacket putting on a hat going out there for your run anyway i know i've avoided that in the past i i try and call myself out on it now and and you know, often in my, I'm out there in the rain. Actually, for me, it's the flip side. It's when it's too hot that I'm like, I uh, can't do it. So think about that. Think about how that might be playing out for you. Now, it's interesting because the first symptom of the fear of ill health that Hill listed was auto-suggestion. And in that, he has experimenting with diets, physical exercises, reducing systems, etc. So there, this is... Um, a slightly different thing. It's not experimenting. It's avoiding being outside and uh, getting some exercise there. So take a look at that yourself. As I've just shared, that's one for me, right? I avoid being outside when it's too hot. I don't want to run when it's too hot. And there's all sorts of ways to continue to go forward and take care of myself and my physical health uh, regardless of the weather. So I'm calling myself out on that one. How are you going to call yourself out today on this if it applies to you? 
ever feel like you're swimming upstream and that there's got to be an easier way to make money and scale your business? Well, it's time to get out of your own way and eliminate that confusion and overwhelm. Join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, where I'll show you exactly what's required to scale quickly and how to apply the universal laws to your business. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up in our list of the symptoms of the fear of ill health is susceptibility. Fear of ill health breaks down nature's body resistance and creates a favorable condition for any form of disease one may contact. The fear of ill health often is related to the fear of poverty, especially in the case of hypochondriac who constantly worries about the possibility of having to pay doctor's bills, hospital bills, etc. This type of person spends much time preparing for sickness, talking about death, saving money for cemetery lots and burial expenses, etc. Okay, susceptibility. So we all know when we're more susceptible to getting sick than other times, when we're under stress, when we are pushing ourselves too hard, when we aren't eating well, when we're not getting fresh air and exercise, um, we can become susceptible, more susceptible to catching a cold or getting sick or, or, or whatnot. Uh, any particular kind of sickness is, is there's a higher likelihood. We all know that we talk about our uh, immune system being compromised or uh, taxed. And one of the ways that he's speaking here about the symptom of uh, the fear of ill health is this uh, concept that you are more susceptible to actually getting ill. And that has to do with how you think about illness. So think about this. When you are stressed and you think you're going to get sick because of that, you will probably get sick. I have had experience after experience after experience where I'm doing some big event. I've been uh, under an intense amount of deadlines, things that I'm really uh, focused on. There's an intensity level that's uh, far higher than my normal work level and it's probably gone on for many days in a row and I can feel myself getting sick I will start getting that tickle in my throat and you know oh my god I'm getting a sore throat and because I am doing something that is time critical and it's, I, I have clients that are depending on me. I have always said to myself, self, I'm an unavailable for that. That is not going to happen. And I get good rest. I take care of myself. I hydrate. I do all the things. And I never get sick, which is fascinating to me. Because other times I will, if, if there's, no reason not to get sick, if you will. 
And obviously there's always a good reason not to get sick, but uh, maybe I should have said a good enough reason or a level of urgency that isn't there. I will, won't have that same level of this is not happening right now. And inevitably I'll get sick. I find that fascinating that your ability to resist being sick is so dependent on how you think about it. And you can change your susceptibility to sickness. And I would give you that as something to play with yourself. How susceptible are you allowing yourself to be in regards to getting sick, getting worn down, getting, uh, even getting a headache. So consider that today. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the list of symptoms of the fear of ill health. Next up, Hill says self-coddling, the habit of making a bid for sympathy using imaginary illness as the lure. People often resort to this trick to avoid work. Pay attention to that. People often resort to this trick to avoid work. The habit of feigning illness to cover plain laziness or to serve as an alibi for lack of ambition. This is a big one, guys. I often talk to my clients about what is their stopping pattern? What is their pattern, their unique way of saying, I can't do that right now. I can't do the thing that I need to do in order to break through. And for many people, it is something to do with getting sick. And that is exactly what Hill is saying here. The habit of feigning illness to avoid plain laziness. Sometimes you actually do get ill and it's not feigning. It's an actual, you got the cold, you got the flu, you have the temperature, the thermometer says 102, 103, right? Like you are actually sick. You do have the headache. And yet, it's your pattern for stopping. And just like the placebo effect can make us well, we can also, and that's your subconscious mind going, oh my God, I got the knee surgery. I'm better now. I'm gonna, it's gonna take, you know, four weeks of rehab and then I'm gonna be better in six weeks and eight weeks, I'll be able to run again, right? Now, by the way, I just made up that timeline. I have no idea what the actual recovery timeline is for knee surgery. Um, but your subconscious believes that you got the, the surgery. So you, you go act as if you're on your way to better health and your knee actually does get better because you believe it and your subconscious then drives all the, the systems in your body to make that real for you and your your knee does heal itself quote unquote okay now that can happen in reverse if you don't want to do something because it's it's challenging you it's causing you to confront your your self-image your identity who you think you are your self-worth level your big fears your beliefs 
about what's possible for you. If, if the thing that you need to do in your business is causing you to confront that, it's very easy for your subconscious to go, oh, she doesn't want to do that. That's, that's going to be danger if she faces that. Let's, let's get her sick. Let's wear her out. Let's give her a headache. And you know, the answer to this is that you have to go do the thing anyway, regardless of the headache, regardless of whether you're sick. If this is your pattern, you actually have to prove to yourself that you're going to do the thing even though you're sick. Now that goes against so much of the way we're culturally brought up to say we need, if we're sick, we get to stop. It's time to rest. Now this is not a one size fits all thing. If this is not your pattern of stopping, how you get yourself to stop, don't listen to this advice. This is not for you. When you get sick, you need to rest, okay? But for those of us who used this, who use this as a way of stopping, you need to actually keep going through that so that you prove to yourself that you won't stop. I am not speaking to the people who work through sickness already and make themselves even more sick. That is not who I'm talking to. I am talking to those of you who, when you are going for more, you get sick. You're the ones that have to do it anyway. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Okay, next up in our list of the symptoms of the fear of illness, and this is the last one in the list, is intemperance. The habit of using alcohol or narcotics to destroy pains such as headaches, neural neuralgia, that is just nerve pain, etc. instead of eliminating the cause. So this is really important. Are you covering up the symptom that you're feeling, the pain that you're feeling, instead of looking at what causes this? Now, we have culturally acceptable uh, ways of drinking alcohol that are very widely accepted. So having a glass of wine at the end of the day, going out to drinks with people, um, having a, a drink at dinner, having some beer when you're watching the football game on Sunday. These are all culturally acceptable ways of drinking and I have zero judgment about it. And if you recognize that when you do this, you are actually trying to self-medicate, that is a symptom of a fear of illness. And you need to actually deal with the cause. So the cause is the fear of illness, or sometimes, let's, let's break this down a little bit further. You've had a hard day, you're stressed, you dealt with a lot, but you don't know how to shift gears from your work day to your relaxed time. So you pour yourself a glass of wine. I know, I used to have a glass of wine after work every day until I stopped. And it's not that I don't drink wine now or have 
um, any problem with it, but I recognized that I was covering up a issue in my life, which was that I wasn't happy while I was working. And that was the cause. So one cause can be lack of happiness. And, and, and I think Hill would say behind underneath that you're creating a situation in which you actually feel bad and you don't want to feel bad. So you have this fear of fearing, feeling bad, right? At the end of the day, let me see if I can make this a coherent thought, guys. You, at the end of the day, you don't feel good. You have a fear about not feeling good. That's ill health. So you, you medicate, you have the glass of wine, you self-medicate. Okay. And you might do this with something else besides wine. Maybe you smoke pot, maybe you take psychedelics, maybe, um, you're always having an aspirin or something like that. But think about how this all connects and decide for yourself what's acceptable for you with regard to self-medication and what, how you'd like to participate in that if you participate in it. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the fourth fear in the chapter on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. This is chapter 15. So the fourth fear is the fear of loss of love. And Hill says the original source of this inherent fear needs but little description because it obviously grew out of man's polygamous habit of stealing his fellow man's mate and his habit of taking liberties with her whenever he could. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Let's, let's talk about what is, is in contemporary time. From my perspective, this is a big one. It's not something to overlook. And that is because people need other people for survival. We are in this game, in this universe, in this life together. We need each other. Now, does that mean you can't go off and become an outdoors survivalist and live um, off the grid by yourself? No, you probably could. But it's the rare person who is actually happy, fulfilled, um, living out their purpose in life in isolation like that. So for the large majority of us, we are social creatures. We need other humans to feel alive and human and live out our purpose, not just on a spiritual level, not just on a mental, emotional level, but also on a physical level, meaning both uh, procreation and also the the need to be touched and uh, held and all of that. Hugs are such a big part of life. This is why living in isolation uh, during COVID has been so challenging for people. And furthermore, the physical uh, need of security. So that is like we need other, we, we think we need other people. Let me say it differently. 
we need other people for our physical security as well, whether that is the arms to protect the the community, the, the village, you know, in contemporary day, day, that would be the army, the police, whatever. Um, but it could also be the, the person you live with or yourself has a gun in their um, cabinet at home protecting you, right? There's, there's some sort of protection, just maybe physical largeness, protection that we think we're going to get from someone else. And um, that could even be protection from emotional issues, right? A culture says, uh, I'm worthy if I'm in a relationship. So I'm a dude and I'm getting protection from that cultural negative criticism by being in a relationship. And if I'm out of a relationship, I am going to, if I lose love, I'm not going to be worthy in our society. That's a protection. There's also financial protection. So many um, marriages have been based on financial contracts. In fact, it's only until very recently that love has even come into play. Most of the time it was a survival contract between people, uh, a man and a woman for protection and for the continuation of the species. So if you think about this, this is all being brought down through society, through, through the ages, in our culture, being um, reiterated again and again through our behaviors and shared beliefs. What that ends up doing is, is on a very unconscious level, making us feel, believe, think that our security is dependent on a single other person. Yes, we need the community. Yes, we need other people. If you're in business, you know that you need other people. You need other people to help you run your business. You need other people in the form of clients to and customers to buy from you in order to be in business. You need other people, but you don't need a single person, whether that is a, the romantic love in your life or the, the client. This fear of the loss of a single person is a misunderstanding of security. And that is what's at play fundamentally here with the fear of the loss of love. For the bonus content for this episode, I want to go back to the concept of getting sick as a way of stopping. So we need to use our discernment here because sometimes we're really sick, right? A cigar is just a cigar. And sometimes it's the power of the subconscious mind getting us to stop. So if we believe that this is a reason to stop, we do. But what if it wasn't? What if you said to yourself, I'm not stopping. Now this is not, I'm not advocating for being superwoman here. I'm not advocating for uh, running yourself down. I'm not advocating for not taking time to rejuvenate, to really um, support yourself. I'm not advocating for, you know, mistreating yourself. But what if you have a pattern of stopping 
when you get a headache, when you get sick, when you get tense, when your shoulders hurt, when your knee hurts, whatever your pattern is. What if you explored if this is true for you and you didn't really just break your leg, I'm not saying break your leg and believe that you didn't break your leg, but test this out. We know that there's the placebo effect and that it's real. This is the power of the subconscious mind. It will, it will execute on what it believes to be the truth. There's also the nocebo effect. If you don't believe something is going to work, whether it's real medicine or real help in some other aspect of your life, you won't believe that it will work and, and your, your mind will execute on that. So your subconscious mind is very powerful. This is all about belief. What do you believe? So what about how this applies to business, not just where you stop in your business, but how you can apply this aspect of really dropping into believing something so that you execute on it. And this is where you have to believe that it's possible for you to be, do, and have what you're going for. If you don't believe it on the subconscious level, not just on the conscious level, you will continue to self-sabotage. So you have to believe that what you're going for is accessible for you, that you can do this, that it's possible for you. So you're going to want to look at what you're going for in your business. And generally speaking, people will tell me that they have a goal and that consciously they believe that they can achieve it. But they aren't being truly honest with themselves because as I dig deeper, there is underlying doubt. There's an underlying conflict. There's an underlying double bind, which means that you want something, but you think something negative is going to happen if you achieve it. So why would you achieve it, right? You, you have some sort of loyalty pack that makes it wrong for you to achieve what you want. So on a subconscious level, you do not believe that it is okay for you to have that. Consciously, you do, but subconsciously, you don't. So you must reprogram yourself in order to believe that you can have what you want. You have to access the subconscious mind and reprogram it so that you can execute on what you know is possible for you and stop getting in your own way. Okay, with that, rock it out, be unstoppable, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below 
or just head over to the unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.